the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 2, we always do so with our Congressman David Schweikert. We have some callers on hold. Stay with us, folks. We'll get to you shortly. David, how are you, sir? Oh, fine. And forgive me if it sounds a bit odd. I'm wandering through a neighborhood somewhere in Indiana trying to find a restaurant that, um, as you know, we're um, Ways and Means committee members are here for the funeral. Uh-huh. Um, the woman I sat next to, Jackie Lewarski, yeah. for, for years, yeah. um, died last week in a car crash. Yeah, this day last week, I think you announced it on our show. Exactly. And, it, um, it happened just a little before. Our sympathies, of course, to you and the families, if you can communicate them, David. Thank you for uh, updating us. Thanks for being there. I'd like to walk through uh, with you a couple things um, that you've been uh, up and about on Twitter. But before I do, um, any any initial thoughts or anything differently uh, you're thinking based on what we've seen out of the Mar-a-Lago news story? Do you have any, any initial thoughts? You to- know, I, my, my problem is I only know substantially what you've seen in the press. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we had a conference call in regards to what was going on. And, um, you know, uh, there's all sorts of speculations until we start to see the warrants and what they release. But I think almost at any level, it's outrageous. Mm. It's just, you know, because you you look like a banana republic, a third world country, when you have things like this going on. And understand, at the same time, um, one of one of my friends and and you know Scott Perry, a, a member who you know has two little girls, like I have my little girl who were thrown off the floor last year. That's the Scott Perry. They grabbed his phone and took it from him. Yeah. And apparently downloaded the data off of his phone. Yeah. So, but this is important because you and I have talked about this for a couple of years. Our base does not understand if you're particularly a conservative in Washington, D.C., you will be destroyed. Yeah. They're coming after you. They're going to try to use up your money. They're going to try to. Uh, probably one third of the folks you would call conservative have some type of investigation going on on them. And That's this is the nature of being in Washington. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Well, we'll learn more. We'll keep close with you. And I'm looking forward to you guys taking back the majority and doing a lot of investigating. Oh, yeah, a lot. For everyone listening, understand one of the great powers. Yes, the Democrats will still control the White House and they may still control the Senate. But the founding fathers gave us two particular things for the House of Representatives. The power of the purse and the power of oversight, which yep. means investigation. Yep. If you want to get under the hood and understand what's actually been going on and have professional investigators expose the bad act, you've got to control the house. Yep. Yep, that's right. The power of the purse, folks. Don't forget that. They can defund things, too, as much as fund them, which is uh, the business Republicans should be in. David, talk to me about this uh, 8.5% inflation number. What does that say to you? What is that telling you um, we now know? Look, I, I, I've been completely befuddled on how many people were excited, saying, 
oh, the top number came down a few two. That's what I was. I was befuddled, too. And, and the core number was the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and if you do an adjustment for energy and some food, um, the function was no change. Um, you know, that's not a good thing. When you consider where interest rates are, where we're actually starting to see some softness, you are also starting to see some breakage is the best thing I can say in some of the labor markets. Um, we're starting to see, um, uh, okay. Well, you, you put it on simple. Twitter that you can believe the government or your own two eyes. I just saw a poll from NFIB. The small business owners in America are very worried. They are not buoyed by this well, number. But, but if I need to geek out with you a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sure. Wage growth has slowed down. Yeah. That's actually your first sign that something's really going on there. The problem with that is inflation is still very, very hot. Yeah. So that gap of people getting poor continues to expand. One of the things that the... Um that I think a lot of our listeners have been really concerned about, and this is up your alley too, and I learned something from you. I did not know this with regard to the increasing, <laughs> where they are doing more hiring at the IRS, I guess. That's one place where well, they are doing Well, not yet. The bill, the bill isn't passed. Yeah. But um, as you saw, Nancy Pelosi pulled a fast one a couple of days ago yeah. by extending the rule on proxy voting. Right. So even though she has some members who are out traveling and gone, they're going to be able to vote without showing up. Yeah. And so on Friday, we're going to have that Senate package right. that has the stunning number of new IRS agents. And at some point, I'd love to talk to the, with you about the economics of a bill like this yeah. and how it demonstrates the, just the different philosophies between the right and the left. Let's, let's do that when we have a little more time, maybe next week, um, if we can. I'm going to make a note of it. But I learned something from something you said. I did not know this. Uh, low-income households are much more likely to be audited than anyone else. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, a lot of that is actually because you earned income tax credit. Right. If you take households that are functionally under $50,000, um, the number of them that actually receive cash back, or are paid. So, hey, you only made this much. We send you money. Is, think of it as almost the negative income tax concept. Yep. Yep. And that's what the earned income tax credit is. The problem is we have massive fraud in the earned income tax credit. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, been a problem for years. Um, it's one of the things that goes on. Um, uh, next time you're driving through certain neighborhoods, and you see all these signs is say, we'll help you file your taxes. Oh, yeah, sure. A lot of times that scam is set up for people to be able to file to get their income tax credit. Uh-huh. And sometimes the tax preparers are forwarding you a little bit of the money and collecting the tax credit themselves. So, um, it, 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 so there's a reason why that number exists. But the model that this many new IRS agents, they're coming after the middle class. Yeah. You know, the high-income earners functionally have professionals, they have lawyers, they have, you know, it's a complete fraud that somehow they magically escape audit. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree with you. Well, let me do this. Uh, let's have that longer discussion next week, and I'll let you get on to your, uh, your funeral duties with Jackie Walorski's family. Do send our very best from Phoenix and from your district, David, and thank oh, yeah. you. This you betcha. going to be a sad one. Yeah, I know. All I right. know. But here, too, things important touch the soul. Thank you for being part of it, David. You betcha. All right, thank you. All right brother. Bye. Thank you very much. Uh, let me... Um, let me take the uh, the opportunity then to go to some of you who have been very patient on hold. Smitty is in Scottsdale. Hello, Smitty. How are you, sir? Um, very well. So I want to take a little bit of a different approach, uh, which shouldn't surprise you, uh, on, on the warrant and the search. I think uh, we have to remember it came from the archives. It didn't come from the U.S. attorney. It didn't come from the FBI. So this idea of there must have been massive criminal activity and, you know, the uh, and uh, the George Conway reaction. I mean, read below the headline, sir. It came from the archives. The threshold was very low, very easy. We believe he has classified documents. He's admitted he has these documents. We think they're classified. He's not returning them. We want a search warrant. I, I don't think that's genius. Okay, the, the question becomes why the search warrant is opposed to a subpoena. And people behind the scenes might have had that discussions. Well, if we go in and we execute a search warrant and we find other stuff, that's good for us. And that will count. But you got to remember the background to this is there were 15 boxes in a locked room. It, once they identified the boxes, uh, the, the, um, believe whoever was the archives people and maybe it was the U.S. Attorney's Office, whoever was negotiating and at Mar-a-Lago said these boxes should be under lock and key. So we put them under lock and key. So the warrant should have said, go to the room that's locked, unlock it, take the boxes. But the word is that they were not judicious in executing the warrant when all over Mar-a-Lago, including Melania's wardrobe, et cetera, et cetera, that must raise a lot of suspicion. It has to. Um, it has to raise a lot of suspicion. So, the, especially with the crab that's falsified evidence. So, you know, are we going to hear that they found two kilos of of cocaine and some fentanyl in one of the boxes? Well, hold that are thought. Hold, find... hold on to that thought. I got to take a quick break, and you're welcome to rejoin us on the other side to complete it if you'd like. We have a few others on hold. I'm going to ask them to stay with us as well. In spite of the Biden administration's assurances, inflation just hit a new high. Just hit a new high, 41-year high, 9.1%. That doesn't reflect food prices that have soared 17%. Gas prices up 50%. In this misguided economy, the best shelter for your wealth is physical gold and other precious metals, which hold their values typically when economies fail. Check out my friends at the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, to discuss with them your future and your investment and your savings and how to protect it with precious metals from them as well. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com, 480-360-3000. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. It's pure, potent plant power, 100% pure from the capsules to the ingredients in it. Those ingredients, 16, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. Boost your energy, boost your health, boost your immunity with the plant power of Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is where to go to get the fruits and veggies. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. That's discount code 
balance. Uh, Smitty, you were talking with us. If you're still there, you were talking with us with your some of your thoughts, yep. maybe against conventional, some conventional wisdom on this. Go ahead, sir. Last last point. Yep. It was done by search warrant instead of a subpoena. Yep. Because a subpoena would have allowed the Trump attorneys to challenge the basis of it, mm-hmm. namely, unless he took documents after January twentieth. He had the power and authority to declassify right. anything and everything in his possession. That's right. That's so right. there is no classified documents in his possession. A subpoena would have allowed him to establish that. The search warrant didn't. Well, they That's were. They, if he didn't that. declassify him when he was president, they remained classified. He can't declassify him after the presidency, right? Cor- correct. Right. Correct. But right. what I'm saying is he had the power and authority at the time right, 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 to declassify right. anything he took, right. and they could have made that argument right. if it was a subpoena, sure. not a search warrant. Sure. So there you go. So that that's kind of what yeah. we're looking yeah. at. Yeah, the interesting, the interesting in, in part of this event. is until we see the warrant, we, we won't know a lot, and I'm surprised we haven't seen it in a sense. I'm surprised they haven't released it or that with all the eyeballs you would think had been on this, it hasn't somehow leaked. But, you know, when we talk about the 15 boxes, although I've seen some reports say 12, that's not info from the warrant. That's just secondhand reporting. So we don't know. Right. At this point, we don't know what the ongoing criminal activity was that was in the minds of the DOJ or the FBI agents when they were going through other things like the safe, like the what was it, the uh, the, the, the the Melania's closet and so forth. We don't know Start from the beginning. Right. It yeah. came from the archives. So the it's unlikely the archives would have suggested and we believe those documents could be, I don't know, in Melania's closet. Uh, in the bathroom, uh, in the you know, et cetera. Yeah, uh, we don't know, and and it wouldn't be the first time that a warrant is executed in the um, in the effort to find additional or other crimes, right? It would not be. I mean, that that happens quite frequently. I'm not saying that this is a a good use of the of what transpired here. I'm just saying that it is fairly typical prosecutorial conduct to ex- execute a warrant looking for, you know, evidence of, wow. a, of, a, of a bank robbery, and then you see cocaine on the table, you can take that as yeah. well. Yeah, okay. Well, All right. those who were there when the warrant was executed said that they were not judicious about what they took. Yeah, they the took curious thing to me is why, why they won't on. share that with us. I mean, that's, that's an ongoing curiosity to me. It, and, as and it no is that the toward... Attorney General has not given a press conference, as it is that Joe Biden hasn't. I mean, the, these these things are at such a high level of uh, breaking of precedence that you would expect the U.S. Attorney General to calm some of the storm that he has unleashed. He has unleashed. Not if half of America re- reacts like George Conway. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. But there's another half of America that is sitting on a tinderbox, and they have to read this room. They must read this room as a matter of culture and politics. They must. No, the other half doesn't believe anything that that the Department of Justice would have to say anyway. They so, just they just don't think that the Department of Justice for all of America. They don't think that the, he's the president of all of America. They think they're the president in the Department of Justice for half of America. And the, and and therein is the problem. Therein is the problem. Thank you, Smitty. John is in Scottsdale. Thank you for your patience, John. Thanks for having me on, Seth. I'm calling about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Sure. I don't need to see the. I don't need to see the warrant because I know who the magistrate who signed it is, who was an attorney for Jeffrey Epstein. I know that the uh, FBI has ignored Uranium One sale. I know that the FBI ran a coup using Mueller 
to try to take Trump out. I know that Mueller was also a shield to protect the FBI's crossfire hurricane disaster. We don't even need to see the warrant. We know it's corrupt. 110 percent. And I'm one of the people, I guess you would say, sitting on the tinderbox. I'm an attorney. The legal institution is basically broken. Judges are a part of this decrepit, abject, uh, abjectly corrupt uh, bureaucracy. The judges are as bad as the FBI and DOJ and IRS and DHS. As, as an attorney, uh, John, thank you for that. As an attorney, uh, you said you don't need to see the warrant, but is it is it is it not a little odd to you that it hasn't, in some respects, either been leaked or or, or released by the Trump side? For sure. Yeah. I'm surprised that Trump isn't, but I think by Trump not releasing it, it puts pressure on the DOJ to come to a microphone or release it. I'm not surprised it doesn't leak because, at least from the uh, magistrate or the judge's office, because they only hire people who are of like mind, yeah, yeah. which is of a particular party. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. If you're going to do a conspiracy, they've got the right team for a conspiracy. <laughs> right. I, I take that yeah, point. Not, yeah. yeah, it's not most to each other. It's right. a hive mind. Right, right, right. No, I take that point. Well, then do this with me, John, and tell me uh, if if Republicans uh, do take back the House and maybe even the Senate, let's just for the sake of argument say they do, what should they do from the perspective of uh, the legislature? Uh, just subpoena, investigate, subpoena, investigate, yeah, yeah. Watch, Democrat, watch the bureaucrats ignore the subpoenas, see if DOJ does anything about it, which they won't. Um, it, it, there's going to be and a, the judge can bureaucrat. be impeached. I mean, people forget this, too. Federal judges can be impeached. I'll see Hastings was impeached. Right. Right. And, and you know, whoever Michael Flynn's judge right. should be. Right. You no. Know, you, and this is a little bit lateral, but Klein Smith got to keep his. Uh, uh, law license yeah, yeah. didn't serve any time for falsifying evidence. That's so right. It took an affirmative that's right. act that's right. to do what that's he right. did. That's right. No, that's the FBI right. Is, the FBI is gone. They're gone. I, I think, I think, I think people are coming to that conclusion. I think that's right, John. I, I think the FBI, as we know it, has ruined it, has so fouled its own nest that it will not exist the way we have known it to exist. Maybe maybe in a sense like the CIA was changed after the church hearings, but in that case, I think that was for the worse. In this case, it has to be for the better, but I think it will be at least in the modality of change. It'll be that kind of change, that magnitude of change, I think. Right. It, look, let's look at the January 6th, you know, with Ray, you know, the full whole Fed direction. The FBI's yep. job is counterintelligence. That's right. And what is it? How effective has the FBI been with regard to counterintelligence of China? You know, China invested $1.2 billion in a Hunter Biden uh, private equity firm. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. You know, yeah, and the FBI no. is supposed to be doing counterintelligence. No, nobody is above the law unless, of course, you do sketchy business with Chinese companies, film yourself smoking crack, lie on a firearm form, and are involved in a Russian human trafficking ring. No, you're 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 above the law in that case, and you get a ride on Air Force One too. That's uh, something Greg Price wrote. Thank you, John. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. About two years ago, the great Larry Elder gave us the great documentary Uncle Tom. 
This year, he has given us a sequel, Uncle Tom 2, and he is giving us himself. He will be here to host the premiere of Uncle Tom 2, an American Odyssey, on Wednesday, August 24th. You can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com, and you can get Larry Elder when you come to see him on August 24th, and you can hear him right now. Larry, welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. How are you, sir? Seth, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, there's no one I respect more than you, and I am just so excited about this premiere. You'll be There's a lot to talk about. The audience will have a lot of questions for you on the goings-on, man. We've got a lot going on in this country. But tell me about the essence of Uncle Tom, too. I was intrigued to see that you're talking about the undermining of the rise of black America by this doctrine I talk about a lot here called Marxism. Absolutely. And by the way, you can see Uncle Tom 1 for free. Just go to UncleTom.com. And I urge everybody to, to watch Uncle Tom 1 before they watch Uncle yeah. Tom 2. Yeah. And again, you can watch it for free. Uh, as you know, Seth, Uncle Tom 1 talked about the post-slavery experience that black Americans had, despite systemic racism, despite Jim Crow, despite all the obstacles everybody knows about, there was still progress. In 1940, 87% of blacks lived below the federally defined level of poverty. Uh, 20 years later, by 1950, that number had fallen to 47%. Uh, percent. That's a 40-point drop in 20 years. That's the greatest 20-year period of economic expansion in the history of black America, notably before the Civil Rights Act of 64, 65, mostly before Brown versus Ed- Board of Education, and during Jim Crow America. It was still black progress. Why? Because it was a spirit of entrepreneurship uh, and a spirit of family uh, and a worship of God. Now, Uncle Tom, too, talks about the undermining of all these things because of, as you pointed out, the Marxists who have co-opted the civil rights movement and turned it into a mission for uh, equal rights, into a mission for equal results. Mm -hmm. Socialists, collectivists, to the point now where we have something called Black Lives Matter, whose founders uh, proudly call themselves trained Marxists. And as you know, Marx wanted to dethrone God, and it was was a belief in in God uh, and Judeo-Christian values that enabled black people to survive. Also, Marx, as you know, opposed uh, private property, opposed mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we substituted government for God and for family, uh, and people like uh, the co-founders of Black Lives Matter uh, are, are a, a representative of this horrible, horrible trend, to the point now where 70% of black kids enter the world without a father married to the mother. We have a 50% dropout rate in our urban high schools, and many of the kids who do graduate cannot read, write, and compute at grade level. I just saw a study... They found 85%, 85% of black eighth graders are neither math nor reading proficient, right. which means 85% of black eighth graders are functionally illiterate. That's that right. wasn't even the case within 25 or 50 years after slavery, for crying out loud. That's right. That's right, Larry. Um, there's a lot of Marxism inherent in what's going on right now. Uh, for example, one of the things I talk about, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. One of the elements of the Black Lives Matter movement was, you may recall, in their teaching curricula, etc., was to disrupt the Western notion of the family. That's right out of Chapter right. 2 of the Communist Manifesto, the America, the Western family. The idea of the family is the enemy of the neo-Marxists, and, and here we have it. At the same time, i got to say, Larry, based on your beautiful book about your dad, other things you've done, the family is a structure that's quite important to every society and mostly needed right now in some of these minority communities. Disruption of the family is about the last thing that you would want, isn't it? Absolutely, and you're quite right about uh, Black Lives Matter. In fact, they used to have on their website 
until people started complaining, an attack on the nuclear intact family. That's right. Uh, and and the as I mentioned, seventy percent of black kids enter the world without a father married to the mother. Twenty five percent of white kids do, That's which right. was the percentage of black kids who entered the world without a father married to the mother back in nineteen sixty five. Now half of all Hispanic kids, forty percent of all kids in America today into the world without a father married to the mother. And you've heard me say this a million times, Beth. What we've done with the welfare state is we've incentivized women to marry the government and incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. And Uncle Tom, too, addresses this and talks about the very Marxists who have influenced the civil rights movement and, again, turned it from a righteous uh, uh, movement towards equal rights into a non-righteous movement towards social justice, whatever that means, and equal results. Those are two very different things, equal rights and equal results. Larry, do you have uh, one more segment in you? I'm up against it, and I, and I would love if you have a few more minutes. I know how hard you're working. Do you have time for just one more segment follow-up on that? For you, for you, Seth. Go. Seth says, John, Larry says, how high, and I will come down to you tell me. <laughs> Larry Elder will be with us on the other side of the break. He's coming to Phoenix. He'll be with us in person August 24th, Wednesday, August 24th. You can get tickets at 960thepatriot.com. He'll be debuting his movie, Uncle Tom 2, An American Odyssey, and talking with you in the audience about everything that's on your mind, and there is a lot. When we come back, I want to talk to Larry a little bit also about if it's just Marxism or if there might also be a race war being waged as well, which might have elements of Nazism in it as well. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Larry Elder. We'll be right back. There are a few people I can't actually think of any I respect more than Larry Elder, hardest working man in politics and entertainment and matching the two so as to teach us all the better. And he will be here in Phoenix with us Wednesday, August 24th, debuting his new movie, Uncle Tom 2, An American Odyssey. You can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. That's 960thepatriot.com. And with everything that's going on politically in the world, there's no one better to ask questions of than the great Larry Elder. Larry, um, right before the break, I was posing to you the thought that you, you, we were talking about Marxism and uh, civil rights. Marx, of course, was about a class struggle. There's something going on here now, too, about a race struggle, which is redolent, really, of not just Marxism, but kind of a neo-Nazism that's going on. I know that's a strong word, but when you look at how they have adopted, the left has adopted so many of Marxist practices and teachings, and they are applying them to race, it's hard to um, exclude the notion that we're dealing with that ideology, too, a little bit, don't you think? I think you're right, and one of those is characterizing it as an us-against-them struggle. Right. Uh, and that's why people like Clarence Thomas can be called by Benny Thompson, the chair of the January 6th committee, and Uncle Tom. Right. That's why I could be called, as I was during my campaign for governor, as you know, Seth, the black face of white supremacy. That's right. What they've done is train black people that, that we are oppressed, and those guys over there, those dastardly mustache twirling guys known as Republicans, are the oppressors. Mm -hmm. And if you dare to suggest that's not the case, you're maligned and called an Uncle Tom, because without that near monolithic black vote, 85, 95 percent or so of the black vote, the Democratic Party at the presidential level cannot survive. They've not won the white vote since 1964. 
They win by teaching people of color, Hispanics and blacks in particular, that you guys are victims and these guys over here are the victimizers. That's what they're doing. They're pitting us against each other. That's what critical race theory is all about, teaching little white boys and girls that they are oppressors and little black boys and girls that they are eternal victims. It is outrageous. It is insulting, especially, Seth, when right now, today in America, race has never been less significant. For crying out loud, Barack Obama got a higher percentage of the black vote than did John Kerry four years earlier, and the city that voted most for Donald Trump of over 100,000 in population is Abilene, Texas. And after uh, he got elected with around 80, 85 percent of the vote, guess who voted for their first black president in their 140-year history? That's Abilene, right. Texas. That's right. There are 700 counties that voted for Obama both in 2008, 2012. 200 of them switched to Donald Trump in 2016. Were they what? Bitten by a radioactive spider? Knock it off. It's never been less important. That's why you're finding Cubans braving shark-infested waters to get here, uh, Haitians coming up here, people from Central and South America. Are they coming up here because they think America is systemically racist? It's nonsense. They're coming up here because they know America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And we ought to pick up our cards, no matter how badly they're dealt, and play them to the best of our ability. Every one of us has a moral obligation, a duty to do this. Absolutely right, Larry Elder. Thank you for putting it that way. Let me pose this. Let me pose a question to you this way. When you evidence the kinds of things you were subject to or Clarence Thomas is subject to uh, being being labeled, uh, you know, names I, I, I can't even say on, on the radio. In, in, and you mm-hmm. were just saying some of the nice ones, the, the, the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> right. Uncle Tom. Right. You were ratcheting it down. I know what yeah. you guys have been subject to. And you see a law enforcement system or a, a Department of Justice that's not willing to enforce certain kinds of crimes and that it elevates other kinds of crimes against others, you almost get the sense right out of the Marxist or fascist playbook that they're trying to create a different class of citizen. In the Nazi case, of course, you know, human beings were who weren't down with the regime were dysgenic. In the communists, they were counter in communist societies, they were counter revolutionaries. They're giving us all these names, it feels like, Larry, as if to keep us as second class citizens for being conservative. Conservatism is untermenschen. Conservatism is not to be on an equal playing field with liberalism. Are you picking up on some of that in, in, in your examination of the race problems in America? Absolutely, and that's why the true history of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are really not taught in the schools. Right. As you know, the Democratic Party is a party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow. Uh, this is the party that uh, whose, whose leaders, uh, Republican gover- Democrat governors and senators, stood in front of the school door and said, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. The Republican Party is a party of Lincoln. Uh, it's a party that opposed slavery. If you look at the census in, in 1860, out of the roughly 400,000 people who owned slaves, maybe eight, eight out of 400,000, maybe they were, they were Republicans. Uh, and, uh, and yet people are unaware of uh, stuff, and so we have this, this uh, victim mentality that I, that I call it in the black community. And regarding this attack against the police, we're crying out loud. The police kill every year more unarmed whites, and they kill unarmed blacks. I bet most people can't name an unarmed white, because when an unarmed white person is killed, uh, you don't find CNN, you don't find Van Jones, you don't find what I call MSNBC coming in. And the ignorance. Uh, there was a poll in a magazine called policemag.com, which talked about a poll that was uh, taken of self-described very liberal people, Seth, and self-described liberal people. And the self-described very liberal people were asked the following question. How many unarmed black men did the police kill in 2019? Half of them thought the police killed 1,000. 
uh, and 8% of them thought the police killed 10,000. Mm-hmm. What about just regular old liberal? 39% thought the police killed 1,000 unarmed black men in 2019, and 5% thought they killed 10,000. Answer, according to the Washington Post database, 12. Yeah. Now, this is the gap, gap between what's really going on and what people are being taught, and it's causing all sorts of problems. Uh, in, in our country regarding race. And I blame a lot of this on Barack Obama. Yep. When he went into the Oval Office the third week of January in 2009, Seth, he had 70% approval rating, even though he only got elected with roughly 52% of the vote. Why? <laughs> because people who didn't vote for him still pull for him because yeah. they thought at the very least he'd bring us together racially. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, Larry. I'll let you go after this last question I have for you, because you brought up that George Wallace quote of segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. And nothing rubs me more wrongly than when, as Joe Biden said earlier this year, the Republicans are on the side of George Wallace. Ibram Kendi in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, was playing right off the George Wallace playbook. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present. The only remedy to present is future. I have never heard anything so close to George Wallace as this kind of nonsense. Absolutely. And, you know, Keith Ellison, the uh, former congressman, he's now AG. Oh, out of Minnesota, uh, yeah. Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. He's on uh, with uh, George Stephanopoulos on ABC, Mm -hmm. and on the set was Tom Cole, the Republican from Arkansas. Right. And, And Ellison said... Donald Trump is the worst Republican nominee since George Wallace. The worst Republican <laughs> candidate since George Wallace. And Stephanopoulos said nothing, Seth. Yeah. And finally, they go to Tom Cole, and Tom says, put his hand on, uh, on Ellison's hand and says, I'd like to remind my friend here that George Wallace was a proud Democrat. Yeah. He wasn't a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I know we George Orwell said uh, we've reached the point where uh, where the first task of the intelligent is to restate the obvious. <laughs> Larry, you do right. it so many great ways. Uncle Tom, too. Congratulations on the movie. Uncle Tom, too, an you. American Odyssey. He will be here with us in person Wednesday, August 24th. Tickets available at 960thepatriot.com. And he'll be taking your questions on everything, including Uncle Tom, too. Larry, bless you, sir. Godspeed. Can't wait to see you. God bless you. Thanks, Seth. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being who you are. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. CoolTouch.us is their website. These folks are great. Chris Funk and his team, the customer service and the service. If you are in the market for a new air conditioning unit, if you need a repair to your air conditioning unit, if you need an inspection, if you have plumbing problems, these guys are there for you 24-7. I have been using them for years. My friends have. They all say the same thing. They're simply the best. Cool touch, air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. Don't worry about the heating right now, obviously, but if you have air conditioning problems or plumbing problems, you cannot do better than Cool Touch. CoolTouch.us or 623-748-4942. 623-748-4942. That point I was making with Larry about the nexus between fascism and Marxism Uh, Let me give it to you this way. Uh, Both Nazis and Marxists take as their foundation a view of history derived from basically Darwinian biology. Harry Jaffa put it that the Nazis saw history as a competition of races with the struggle for power, determining who was the fittest and who deserved to survive and rule. The master race stood in the same relationship to the inferior race that the human race had stood in relationship 
to lower orders of animals in the old view of things. Hence, these inferior races could logically and consistently be enslaved or exterminated or having their hides and used and the same way we would use the hides of cattle. The Holocaust was no more to them than the shambles of the Kansas City stockyards to us. In the case of communists, they simply substitute the words class struggle for the race struggle of the Nazis. But the human consequences are the same. Anything denominated counter-revolutionary in a Stalinist regime suffers the same fate as anything called dysgenic in the Nazi regime. And that is why this abandonment of human nature that we have seen, whether we're trying to change sexes, whether we're trying to create castes based on race, whether we're trying to use the law, different people apply differently based on immutable characteristics. It is the abandonment of the ground of all morality. It is certainly the abandonment of the ground of the morality of the West and the United States of America. We've got a lot more coming up for you in the next hour. Don't go away. We will be right back. Oh, I still have another minute. Do I? I'm sorry about that. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. So let me make a plug for the uh, the event with Larry Elder. I will be there. Larry Elder will be there. Brandon Tatum will be there. Uncle Tom too. an American Odyssey movie premiere, August 24th, right here this month in Phoenix, 6 p.m. to 8.30. You can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. That's 960 960- thepatriot.com. Now I can say don't go away. We will be right back. I might have given you extra time there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.